Hello, my name is Flick Beckett and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a Picturehouse podcast proudly sponsored by Kia, the champion of independent cinema nationwide. Today I chat with Alistair Evans, the director of A Crack in the Mountain, a documentary detailing the incredible discovery of the world's largest cave passage in Vietnam. Untouched for millions of years, the race is now on for how to preserve this stunning ecosystem below the earth, balanced with the desire to exploit and develop the area for tourism. A lot of governmental officers in Vietnam compare Sundong to a sleeping beauty, hidden in the jungle, and now is the time for the prince to come and wake her up. But now that it's open to public, people want to exploit it for money. I don't want to take credit for tourism because if I have to take the credit, then I have to take the blame for any bad stuff that happens. There's always going to be the money there, but what I'm worried about is the locals that are going to suffer from it. Welcome, Alistair Evans, to the Picture House podcast. So we are here to discuss your film, A Crack in the Mountains, that you directed, produced and edited, which tells the extraordinary tale of the world's largest cave passage in Vietnam, uh, Son Dun. Now, is that the correct pronunciation? Because I heard d- different ways of, of saying it. Well, it's, it seems that Amer- a lot of Americans seem to pronounce it Song Dung, but, but the, the locals pronounce it Song Dong. So that, that's what I tend to go with. Song Dong. And that sounds better, mm-hmm. de- definitely. So, Alistair, you're, I mean, there's so much to ask, but I just want to get this impression from you, first of all. Like, you are a seasoned traveller. You've been all over the world. But can you describe to me the impact of laying your eyes on Sondong for the first time. Like, is it an emergent experience or was it a sudden massive reveal? I just want to experience that moment with you. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I first went to Sondong in 2017 and I, I've actually been back seven times since then. But the, the, the fir- that first experience, which is now, wow, six years ago, I mean, it, it is really indelibly imprinted on my mind because it is the most extraordinary place I've ever been to. I mean, it's, it's, it's a multi-day experience so it there's not sort of one single moment which you can singularly say is is this you know momentous occasion it, it sort of it it, it it reveals itself slowly i mean it, actually the entrance is quite innocuous but when you get to to camp one which is you know about two hours from the entrance i mean it's this this breathtaking vista with clouds rolling in and out and you can scarcely believe you're actually in a cave so i mean it it really is i mean the 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 cliche which is often used is that it's like journey to the center of the earth or avatar but i mean those cliches are absolutely true because i mean it, it is quite extraordinary and it is a relatively new discovery for such an enormous extraordinary thing like it's been it was it was discovered almost by accident and it was a british team that actually excavate or whatever the caving terminology is. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, a, a local discovered the entrance in 1990 when he was in the in the jungle just foraging for you know wood and and other things just to provide for his family. And then he forgot about the entrance for many many years because it wasn't of any use to him. And then he he men- happened to mention that he'd come across this bigger this way. It's actually quite a small entrance. Um, to the British caving expedition in 2004. So this is 14 years later. And he, he talked about how there was a lot of steam coming out of the entrance, which generally indicates quite a sizable cave. But of course, he couldn't find the entrance again because it's four, a four-day trek into the jungle. So he spent the best part of the next four years trying to find find the entrance again. And he eventually found it in 2008 and took the British team 
in 2009 and they were the well they were the first people to go in there i mean no vietnamese are on record as going in there because it, again it, it's not really of any interest to them so the entrance was discovered by a vietnamese local but it was explored for the first time by a british team and i mean so that was literally like finding a secret garden like having to find the access again as well so at the moment it is still fairly inaccessible isn't it like it, it, say if it was in thailand or somewhere like that it probably would have been a global feature now but it's still fairly unknown isn't it i mean this is what's so interesting when i do q and a's and and so on and so forth at various film festivals i, I generally start by asking how many people have heard of song dong and i i you know in in an average audience of say 100 people there might be two or three people put up their hand but for the most part really it is quite unknown in terms of the global consciousness i mean i've even been at mountain film festivals where you know the the, the audience for, for the cave is very ripe and even they haven't heard of it so it's a very curious thing why it didn't really didn't really hit the public consciousness when it was first discovered i mean it was in the british papers that the times reported it the sun reported it admittedly in, in quite a small little byline but you know this extraordinary thing which often is described as the eight wonder of the world really just isn't that well known mm. And do, I mean, do you think, I mean, I know that you really struggled in a way, didn't you, to, to, as to how to tell this story, because there mm. are so many elements and so many threads that are important to the preservation of the cave and the fact that it is in a communist country that is still fairly um, intransigent in its rules and, and its treatment of its people and what have you. I mean, tell me about how you settled on the story and how you how you wanted to to bring song dong to, to the world <laughs> i mean the, the, that that structuring the film was by far and away the most difficult part of the whole process i mean sure filming in song dong mostly alone was quite challenging just in terms of you know a lack of light and you know quite rigorous conditions but by far and away structuring the film and trying to tell a coherent story getting all the elements in, in a way which didn't distill or dumb down any of the complexities, but also communicated those complexities in a in a uh, an entertaining, but but also, you know, lucid way was very, very challenging. I mean, it, it took a year and a half to two years really to to, to, to find, find the, the narrative thread. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, when I sort of boil it down and I look back on it, it really comes down to two th one thing, which is the film is ultimately about the tension between uh, economic growth and sustainable development and the, how those two things butt heads against each other and about, you know, where is the optimum balance point? And it's you would think it would be an easy answer, but it really isn't because there's, there's so many facets at play. It is incredibly difficult. It really is. And I mean, even though you were on your own in that cave, you really do capture the magnificence of it. Because I, I was observing, thinking, what kind of team did you have on this? And you had none. Is well, that I, I did have well, I did have a, <laughs> I did have an assistant to help me carry gear. And and I, and I should also say that I did have um, uh, Ryan Deboot, who is credited as additional cinematography. He shot. Uh, it's changed recently because I, I cut the film down, but he shot about one and a half minutes of the film so i mean it, a quite small amount in terms of the overall 100 minutes but uh, a lot of that stuff was the drone photography which is so impressive you know it, it, i really need to give ryan some props for that because although his, his contribution was quite small in terms of time in terms of the impact it's quite significant which is why i didn't want to bury him in the credits so i mean it, yes i was shooting alone for large portions but ryan did contribute quite you know important pieces
Let's go somewhere new. See worlds we've never seen before, so that we can feel inspired. Whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. Kia, proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia, movement that inspires. And it literally is like the discovering or a recent discovery of like, say, the Grand Canyon. It is on that mammoth size, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. is really... I mean, it certainly feels like that, having been to the Grand Canyon and you look at this thing and your brain can't possibly fathom how big this thing is. And it's the same with Song, Song Dong. I mean, I was constantly surprised. I remember on the, the seventh trip, so well in well into the cave, you know, been there many, many times, many, many years, very, very familiar with it. And I remember trudging back to Camp 2, very, very tired. And I looked up and the, the doe line was just there glowing. And my instant response, even though I was there present, was that can't be real, that must be fake even though it was right in front of me because it was the most incredible thing. It was, it was a golden hour. So the, the light was hitting it perfectly, but it was just quite extraordinary. And there was many, many moments like that along, along the road. So it was, it was a very special, I feel immensely privileged to have been there so many times. And I, I do think maybe my brain subconsciously invented reasons to, to keep on going back again and again and again, because I mean, it really is quite a, quite a special place. And, and, and at the moment, how many people really have been there? Is it just is it still in like the thousands that people have visited? Well, I mean, this is the thing that obviously the numbers changed since 2017. I mean, when I went there in March 2017, more people had climbed Everest than visited Songdong. I can't remember the specific number. It might have been about 1,400. I, I might be getting that number wrong. I mean, that's obviously changed since then because they, they have uh, about a thousand. I think it's I think it's a thousand people per year go into the cave on small multi-day uh, trekking tours, 10 people per tour. So, I mean, it, it's probably a couple of thousand at this point, but I mean, it's still relatively small in terms of in, in visitor numbers. And it is quite an intense trek. So you really do still have to be an adventurer to go there at the moment, but then the plans that they might have been able to implement and still may implement would change all that. Is that right? Well, I mean, I would question slightly whether you need to be an absolute hardcore adventurer. I mean, I've been to the cave with people in their 70s with bad knees who don't do a lot of exercise outside of outside of this experience. And they did have to sort of drag their way through, but they, they managed to get through successfully. So you don't have to be an ultra fit marathon runner, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't want to turn people off who might be interested in going. But yes, there there are that there have been plans and the film does covers this to, to make the experience, you know, a, a lot easier by sort of taking a gondola in or, and so on and so forth. And, and these cable car contraptions are very, very popular in Vietnam. It, there's the, the highest mountain in Vietnam, Mount Fancy Pan, has a cable car up it. Uh, I, I went up there for the purposes of the film, obviously, and and, and it's, it's immensely popular just because the, the Vietnamese are, are, are inclined in terms of their development as a country towards you know, a slightly easier version of travel. I mean, if you, if you look at how, how it's interesting how tourism evolves over the generations. I mean, Vietnam Vietnam's a developing country. So they've sort of reached the point, whereas maybe we were in the 70s in the UK, whereas, you know, package tours are, are quite are quite attractive. And, you know, eco travel or adventure travel is, is, is sort of the, the next stage after that in terms of an evolution of, of how tourism is perceived. But they haven't quite reached that point yet. So, I mean, this is why, going up uh, a mountain in a, in a cable car is, is very popular and, and 
it was interesting in 2014 when the Save Song Dong movement put up their petition and it got 50,000 signatures in, in less than a week. And the Vietnamese government were genuinely quite surprised that people were so adverse to this when they're, they're usually very responsive. And I think it was just because Song Dong is so extraordinary that, you know, people, even even people who, who enjoy cable cars uh, just couldn't stomach the fact that it would just just destroy the ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, it is it it, it would be a tragedy, definitely. And uh, and I and I'd like to thank you for making this film as well because you know for me um, I I I do think a lot about the environment and I do think a lot about international travel and I applaud you for being the international traveller for going off and doing that and you know your your carbon footprint is minimal really considering you know what a, a film normally has and you know you've flown in and out you know and and I think there is a lot to be said for being able to watch. A, or see a cave like this or see a magnificent wonder of the world and just experience it cinematically yeah one thing I, I worked quite hard to achieve and again I made a lot of mistakes along the way but in the end I think think it paid off was I, I was trying to give the viewer a sense of Song Dong uh, as how 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 they would perceive it with their own eyes if they were there so for example when photographers generally go in they take big floodlights quite small but portable powerful floodlights to light up the cave you know and of course you can see a lot more detail but for me that's less attractive for me it's the 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 beauty of song dong lies in the contrast between dark and light so what i tried to do as much as possible is is use only natural light to film the cave and that was also quite tricky because it's a cave and it's quite dark but nonetheless there are doe line openings which provide you know key light as well so it, it was tricky but what you see in the film is generally in, in most of the shots is 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 lit naturally as opposed to uh, artificially and for me that was quite important just to give the audience a, a real sense of of the grandeur of the place as as they would experience it if they were there completely and and, and it, you know watching it in a dark auditorium with a group of people it is wondrous so to i think you know that environmentally speaking sometimes I, I i hope that that's going to be enough for some people that they don't need to go that ecotourism you know could be you know a, a passion for some people but for others when you bring it to us in this format then that's enough you know and then uh, you know i don't ever have to go to songdong i can experience it it, it, well, it, I, I, I have a this is I realize this is a personal opinion and I, I realize Picture House is a cinema chain, but uh, I, I'm of the belief that uh, there are quite a lot of documentaries which are produced, which which uh, play just as well in a in a home setting on a on a small screen uh, as they would do in, in, a, in, a, in a cinema. However, I think this film for me and the reason I pushed so hard for a, a cinematic release on this because it really is a cinematic experience. I mean, it really is. It, it the, the experience of watching the film is vastly augmented by seeing it in a cinema on a big screen with with a decent sound system. And I, I'm not sure you can say that for a lot of documentaries. So, you know, I, I would just encourage everyone who has the opportunity to try and see it in the cinema because, I mean, it, it really is designed for that for that arena. I, I completely agree. And it's yeah. It, it couldn't be a more perfect setting and also to watch it with other people to, to at the end of it to go oh my god did you <laughs> see what I just saw you know it really yeah it, it's it's spiritual magical so Alistair thank you so much for joining us today and really really good luck with this incredible story thank you it's been great to speak to you